0: Please note that some of the content in this podcast may be disturbing to some viewers, so viewer discretion is advised. You are listening to Mama Kirby's Murder Mysteries, Episode 2, Kaylee Anthony. Please remember that my views may not reflect the views of the platform that you are listening on. I am not trained law enforcement, and my theories are only theories. I am here only for the victim and no one else. Remember... A lot can happen in 30 seconds. Today we're going to talk about Kaylee Anthony. This was a case that the media made a circus of, for lack of better words. They really did. They took any piece of evidence that they could find and they blew it up, just like in our case before with JonBenet Ramsey. I was in middle school when this happened. I remember watching Nancy Grace's coverage Every night, and just waiting and wondering when the next twist and turn was going to come with this case. And boy, does it have a lot. So, today we are going to go almost day by day in the 31 days that Kaylee was missing before she was reported missing. And we're going to follow along with Casey, her mother's actions. We're going to look at the lies that she told. And we're going to look at the absolutely out of left field story that the defense Casey Anthony her lawyer came up with in order to plant seeds of reasonable doubt in the jury which is what ultimately led to her not being convicted of a crime that most of the evidence pointed towards her so let's get right into it this case is absolutely full of lies and those lies come from Casey Anthony, Kaylee's mother. So, this starts at a young age for Casey. At 18, she stopped attending school and lied to get out of it. She told her parents some story about how the school had messed up her schedule and caused her to miss classes by no fault of her own. When in reality, she was skipping school in order to hang out with an older boyfriend. When her parents found out that she had been skipping school the last half of her senior year, they covered it up. They even threw her this big party because they wanted their family to believe that she had graduated even though she was in too much of a delinquent status and could not graduate. So Casey was taught from the get-go basically that if she lied, nothing really bad would come of it, which I think led to her lying throughout this case and thinking that she could just get away with anything So while Kaylee was alive, the two years and 10 months that she was alive, Casey would tell her parents, who she shared a home with, that she would go to work and drop Kaylee off with Zanida Fernandez Gonzalez, otherwise known as Zanny the Nanny. She claimed that she met Zanny the Nanny through a man named Jeffrey Hopkins Because Zanny the Nanny watched Jeffrey Hopkins' child, Zachary, as well. Later on, the police found out that not only does Jeffrey Hopkins not really know Casey Anthony, they're only acquaintances, but he doesn't even have a child. And Zanny the Nanny doesn't exist they tracked down Zernida Fernandez gonzalez who says she doesn't know casey anthony has never watched kaylee anthony has never met kaylee anthony so who is this mystery nanny that casey is bringing kaylee to i'll give you a hint she doesn't exist because the job that Casey was supposedly going to and bringing Kaylee to the nanny during also didn't exist. Casey told the police and her parents and multiple witnesses that she was an event planner for Universal Studios in Orlando. But when the police finally said, hey, listen, You need to take us to Universal Studios and show us your office. This woman somehow talked her way through the gate via the supervisor because the original gate man was not going to let her through. And once she gets through the gate, she's waving at people like she belongs there and they're looking at her like she has two heads. Finally, after 25 minutes of leading investigators down this wild goose chase in Orlando Studios administration buildings, Casey Anthony turns down a dead end hallway. At which point, she stops, she turns around, and she kind of smiles. She sticks her hands in her back pockets and she says, I don't work here. At which point, the police are like, Yeah we know you don't work here and brought her into a conference room for an interview slash interrogation. So now what we're going to do is we're going to look at just about every single day between the last time that anybody other than Casey Anthony saw Kaylee alive and the time that Kaylee was finally reported missing in July. We're going to start with June the 16th. So on June the 16th, Casey Anthony was seen with Tony Lazaro at a blockbuster renting a movie or a couple of movies. I don't know. Either way, they're at the Blockbuster. I've seen the video. This looks like your typical date night. They're lovey dovey, very all over each other. Your typical couple on a date night. Kaylee is nowhere to be seen on the security footage. She is not with her grandma and grandpa. And we know the nanny does not exist. So, where is Kaylee? So, June the 16th, Casey Anthony tells her parents, who, by the way, are George and Cindy, that she and Kaylee are staying with Annie the nanny, when in reality, she is staying with her boyfriend, Tony Lazaro, after going to Blockbuster. June the 17th, she stays at Tony Lazaro's home until about 2 p.m., and then the neighbor of George and Cindy see Casey's car backed into their garage from about 2:45 until about 4 30. This is important because both George and Cindy are at work at this time so they probably don't have any idea that Casey is anywhere other than where she says she is. The neighbor reported that he did not see Kaylee that day. So where is Kaylee? That night, Casey spends the night with Tony Lazaro again, which is where she stays for pretty much the entire 31 days that Kaylee is supposedly missing. But Casey says she's looking for her herself. June the 18th. She stays at Tony Lazaro's till around 1230. And at 1245, she attempts to call her parents home. Once again, the neighbor sees Casey's car backed into the garage. At 2.30, Casey asks the neighbor if she can borrow a shovel. She returns the shovel about an hour later. He says he doesn't notice anything weird about it. She tells her parents that she's going to a conference at Bush Gardens in Tampa and that Casey is Going to come with her. Kaylee's gonna come with her. And that Zanny the Nanny, somebody named Juliet, and somebody named Annabelle are going to go with them to stay with Kaylee while she works at the conference. The entire time she is not in Tampa, she is at Tony Lazaro's home spending the night. So June 19th rolls around. And the roommates of Tony Lazaro and Tony Lazaro and a few other friends all say that Casey went apartment hunting and that she was back at Tony Lazaro's by 9 p.m. She is telling her parents, you know, I'm in Tampa, I'm at this conference, and everything's cool, everything is good, me and Kaylee are having a great time. But the reality is, is nobody has seen Kaylee and she is at Tony Lazaro's having a great time. So June 20th rolls around. Casey tells her mother, her parents, hey, I'm still in Tampa. I'm in Bush Gardens. We're having a great time. In reality, Casey Anthony has entered a quote unquote hot body contest at Club Fusion in Orlando where Her boyfriend and one of his roommates work as promoters. This particular night, Casey Anthony was, depending on who you ask, because the witness accounts change person to person, Casey was either in charge of the shot girls in the club or she just thought she was in charge of the shot girls in the club and acted like it. It's very unclear whether or not that was a defined role for her. Either way, Casey has told her parents she's in Tampa. She's clearly not in Tampa. Kaylee's not at the club. Kaylee's not with this imaginary Zanny the Nanny. She's not with her grandparents. So where is Kaylee? June 21st and 22nd, we don't hear a whole lot from Casey Anthony. A witness reports that during that weekend, at some point, they ask, you know, hey, where is Kaylee? And Casey tells them that she's, you know, at the beach with the nanny having a great time. She's telling her parents, hey, I'm still in Bush Gardens. The conference ran late. And then on Sunday, we're going to take Kaylee to the park. So we're going to st- spend an extra night at the hotel. Doesn't seem too out of character. I mean, it is summertime. You're wanting to have a good time. And her parents don't really think anything of it other than Cindy really wants to talk to Kaylee and doesn't understand why she can't talk to Kaylee. And Casey tells her it's because, you know, she's busy. She's got this conference going on. You know, she'll talk to Kaylee soon. Monday, June 23rd. Casey is at Tony Lazaro's apartment at 1.30 p.m. according to her phone records. She leaves at 2.30 to go to her parents' house, but around 2.45, she calls Tony Lazaro and says, Hey, I'm out of gas. Can you come get me? And Tony comes and picks her up and takes her to her parents' house. This whole time, Casey is telling Cindy, Hey, Zanny the Nanny was in an accident. And now, I'm going to stay in the hospital with Zanny the nanny, while these other two probably fake people, Juliet and Annabelle, stay with Kaylee in the hotel. She's not in Tampa. She's not at a hospital. Kaylee's not in a hotel. She's not with these, you know, fictitious people. In reality, Tony Lazaro and Casey Anthony are at Casey Anthony's parents' house, breaking into a shed and stealing George Anthony's gas cans. June 24th, George Anthony wants to mow the lawn. He then realizes his shed has been broken into, and he makes a report to the police. He goes and tells the neighbor, hey, we've got vandals, we got thieves in the neighborhood, lock your stuff up, make sure your stuff is safe. Well, that same day, George Anthony had an interview, so he did not go to his regular job, but Casey showed up at 2.30. George is really excited. He hasn't seen his daughter or his granddaughter in, at this point, almost two weeks, so he's like, hey, where's Kaylee? Where's Kaylee? And... Casey very dismissively tells him, I have 10 minutes and I have to go back to Zanny the nanny in the hospital. So George all of a sudden gets this sneaking suspicion that Casey is lying and that maybe she has his gas cans. So he tells Casey that he needs something out of her car in order to go look for the gas cans. But Casey runs past him, runs to the trunk, pulls the gas cans out, throws the gas cans to him, shoves them across the floor of the garage, however that exchange goes, and says, keep in mind, my- keep in mind, I'm direct quoting here, and generally our content stays clean, just a little sidebar, but Casey Anthony says to George, here's your fucking cans, and then leaves again language is a direct quote sorry about the language we like to keep it clean here but we have to keep direct quotes direct later on in the day Casey Anthony tells a friend that she's not at her parents house and hasn't been for the last nine days because of drama Keep in mind, this whole time, she's telling her parents, I'm in Tampa, I'm in Tampa, I'm in Tampa, I'm in Tampa, when in reality, she's at Tony Lazaro's. So on June 25th, we don't hear a whole lot from Casey, but we do see that she tells someone that her car has a smell coming from the engine. June 26th, Casey is at Tony's all day, according to her phone records. June 27th, around 11 a.m., she is near her parents' house. She's not at her parents' house, but she's in and around that area. At about 11.30, she texts her friend and says that a dead animal has been plastered to the frame of her car, resulting in the smell that she thought was coming from the engine. A few minutes later, the car runs out of gas at the Amscot, and Casey leaves it next to a dumpster. She calls Tony Lazaro to pick her up, and when he picks her up, she's got a couple of groceries and she's got some clothes. So, they go to JCPenney, which was seen on security footage, and then later on that night, they go to Fusion again. She tells her mother that she is going to be staying with Jeffrey Hopkins, and they are going to go to the Hard Rock Hotel, and you know, everything is fine, that Kaylee is with her, she's going to be with, you know, Zanny the Nanny, and Zanny the Nanny is going to keep Jeffrey Hopkins' child as well, and they're going to play together. She tells her former fiance, Jesse Grunn, that Kaylee is with the nanny at the beach. In reality, she's out partying, buying things at JCPenney. Tony Lazaro said that That particular JCPenney, you know, night she bought a pair of shoes in order to go to Fusion again. So, everything that she is telling her former fiancé and her parents is a complete and utter lie. June 28th and 29th. So, she's telling her mother that she is at the hard rock hotel with jeffrey hopkins that jeffrey hopkins mother was going to be taking care of both jeffrey hopkins son zachary and of kaylee anthony and that everything was fine but in those two days somewhere along those two days casey takes Tony Lazaro to the airport to go back to New York for a little bit. And he'll come back around around July 4th or 5th. And she's using his car because her car is still out of gas. Damn, Scott. Well, the tow company tows her car. And the car stays in the impound lot until her parents come to retrieve it on July the 15th. June 30th comes around and Casey Anthony is seen at Target twice and also at JCPenney. She tells everyone that Kaylee is with Zanny the Nanny's roommate or relative, Jennifer Rosa, and that she'll be there until about July the 3rd. On July the 1st, Casey Anthony goes to her ex-fiance, Jesse Grunn. She goes to his house to take a shower. She also goes to JCPenney again, and she is seen at a place called the Ale House later on that night, which is a, a place in Orlando. She tells Jesse Grun while she's there taking a shower that Kaylee is at the park with the nanny. So on July the 2nd, somebody asks Casey once again, Where is Kaylee? And Casey tells them that she is with the nanny. Casey also makes a tattoo appointment. She goes to two different clubs. Once again, this woman is in the JCPenney on video. And she also stays with her friend Amy. Kaylee is nowhere to be found. So, once again, where is Kaylee Anthony? July the 3rd is the day that Kaylee is supposedly coming back from being with Annie, the nanny. She tells her mother, Casey tells her mother, that Kaylee is going to Universal for a character breakfast. Well, Cindy Anthony has had absolutely enough of being kept away from her granddaughter and she gets in her car and drives to Universal Studios and calls Casey and is like, hey, you told me that Kaylee was gonna be here, I'm here to pick Kaylee up. I'm spending the day with Kaylee. All of a sudden, Casey says, they're in Jacksonville. Jacksonville? You just said that she was going to be at a character breakfast in Universal Studios. Now, all of a sudden, they're in Jacksonville. Her car is broken down along the next couple of days, she claims. And then over the next couple of days, she also claims, well... Jeffrey Hopkins is here with me in Jacksonville. He's helping me fix my car. And then we're going to go to his mother's wedding. Just any excuse that she can throw at Cindy in order to explain the fact that nobody has seen Kaylee. Well, Cindy doesn't know that nobody has seen Kaylee. She thinks that this imaginary nanny has seen Kaylee. All she knows is that she... And her husband have not seen Kaylee. So we're still talking about July 3rd. Cindy makes a MySpace page and she titles it, My Kaylee is Missing. I'm not sure what she writes on the page. I haven't been able to find it for myself. But in court, they say that it's a couple paragraphs and and it's, you know... Her basically saying that she wants to see Kaylee and that she misses Kaylee. During the same day, July the 3rd, Casey Anthony goes and gets a tattoo. This tattoo says Bella Vita, which is Italian for beautiful life. Oh, how lovely, right? She tells the tattoo artist that Kaylee's with the nanny. Keep in mind, this is not a tattoo artist in Jacksonville. This is a tattoo artist in Orlando. Casey is also seen that same day at a shopping mall. At approximately 8 o'clock p.m., Cindy calls her son, Casey's brother, Lee Anthony. Lee Goes into straight investigation mode and he is looking for his sister through Facebook. He is like perusing all of her friends' Facebooks. He's looking at all their pictures, trying to figure out where she's been. He goes into true investigation mode looking for her. So he catches wind that Casey is supposed to be at a club in downtown Orlando. Lee and his fiancé, wife, whatever she, significant other, go to downtown and go to the club and search that club in downtown for Casey. However, it is believed that somebody probably tipped Casey off, told her, hey, your brother's looking for you, probably in a very, like, meaning it innocently, but that completely spooked Casey, and did she show? No, she didn't. So July 4th rolls around. She's telling her mom, you know, I'm in Jacksonville, my car's broke down, we're going to a wedding, you know, whatever excuse it was, you know, those are the excuses she used for Jacksonville. When she used them, I'm not too sure, but I know that those are the excuses that she used. So telling the mom, you know, either my car's broke down or I'm at a wedding, whichever one it was for the day. She also tells her ex fiance, Jesse Grun that Kaylee is at SeaWorld, but in reality, Casey Anthony is with her friend, Bill Waters, and they're planning a 4th of July party. Her daughter is supposedly missing, and later on, she's going to tell police, oh, I was going through other resources and other avenues to try to find her myself where are you gonna find her at the decoration store looking for the decorations for your party it's just it doesn't make any sense so july 5th comes and casey anthony is seen at an ikea with bill waters later on that same day Tony Lazaro is coming home from New York. Once he gets home, Casey picks him up from the airport. They, you know, either go home first or whatever it is they do. But later on, they're seen at Buffalo Wild Wings. Then you hit July 6th through the 10th. We don't really hear a whole lot out of Casey Anthony, we know that we see her at a target at some point during those four days we also see her at a bank of america on july the 11th we know that she is at fusion july the 12th she is at a winn at 9 p.m that is not in jacksonville but she is telling her mother hey i'm still in jacksonville The same excuse I've been telling you from the get-go. First, it was my car broke down. And then, hey, Jeff helped me fix my car. And now we're going to be at a wedding. So, July 14th finally comes. And Cindy and George get a post-it note from the post office on their door. We all know what kind of post-it note it was. You know, you're waiting on a package, you miss the FedEx guy, or you miss the UPS guy, or even the post office person, and they tell you you have to come and pick up your package at the terminal, or wherever it is you have to pick it up. So the next day, they go and bring this post-it to the post office, and what they are given is not a package. It is a letter from the impound lot. Telling them that their car, Casey's car, that is supposed to be broken down and then fixed in Jacksonville, has been in the impound for the last almost two weeks. They are confused. Thoroughly. So they don't call Casey. They immediately go and check out the car. So... The guy at the tow company goes with George Anthony and they have a small discussion as they walk around the building and start to smell the car. Once they get closer to the car, they realize that this car literally smells like a dead body. George Anthony says to the tow guy, you know, my granddaughter... I haven't seen her in over a month. My daughter has been acting suspicious. I'm really scared that I might find my daughter or my granddaughter or even both in this car. So they pop the trunk on the car and they find a bag of garbage. The tow guy throws the bag over the fence near a dumpster and the police later on go and retrieve that bag. In that bag, there is pizza in a pizza box that has maggots in it. And later on, the smell in the car will be slightly attributed to the rotting food. But if anybody listening has ever smelled a dead body then you know what I'm about to say. Garbage, rotten garbage, and a dead body do not smell at all the same. But Casey Anthony tried to say that the smell that was radiating from her car when it was found on July the 15th was the garbage that had been in the trunk. So her parents put her car in their garage. Cindy, you know, sprays Febreze in the car, tries to air it out. She goes to work and she tells her co-workers what has happened. Her coworkers say that she needs to call the police. This whole time, Casey is in her friend's car. Casey makes another appointment for a tattoo. She is seen at a Bank of America. A witness says that Casey claims that Kaylee is in the back of her friend's car with Casey. And then when Casey shows up to give the car back to her friend, claims that the baby is with the nanny again. So, her friend Amy, whose car she'd been using, drops Casey off at Tony Lazaro's. This is all happening on July the 15th. Cindy comes home from work and goes through the car. She finds a bag that Casey supposedly uses for work and finds Amy's contact information. So, Amy call or not Amy Cindy calls Amy and says hey I'm Casey Anthony's mom I haven't seen my daughter or my granddaughter in a month do you know anything do you know where they are can you take me to where they are and so reluctantly Amy meets Cindy at a shopping mall let Cindy pick her up and take Cindy takes Amy to tony lazaro's to find casey so casey at first did not want to leave tony lazaro's according to witness accounts uh she actually opened the door and went outside and then her family came in well not her family but amy and cindy came in the residence after casey had went outside to talk to them And Casey told them, you know, I'm not leaving. I'll come and talk to you outside, but I'm not leaving. But then she never came back. She left her phone, her clothes, everything. She left everything. At Tony's house. So, at this point, Casey is continuously refusing to bring Cindy to her grandchild. So, Cindy drives Casey to a... a building that belongs to the Orlando Police Department, but this particular substation is closed right now. From that parking lot, Cindy makes the first 911 call. So, in the first call, it's deduced so that Cindy needs to go home and call 911 because she needs an officer out of their district because they are in the city and they reside in the county so they leave the city they go home they make the second 911 call and in the second 911 call they talk about or Cindy talks about the car has been stolen and you know just it's really unclear to officers and to dispatch what the situation is that they are walking into? Before I talk about the third nine one one call, I'm going to tell you what happened in between. So, Casey Anthony's mother calls Lee, her brother, Casey's brother, over to the house, and you know says, "Hey, Casey's here, but she won't take me to Kaylee." And so Lee comes over and he's like talking to Casey and he's like, dude, like, why won't you just take mom to Kaylee? Because the police are going to come and it's going to be done either way. We're going to see Kaylee. So why won't you just take her to Kaylee just so she can know that she's safe? And as soon as the brother... Tells Casey, you know, hey, this is going to end in mom's favor, whether you like it or not. Like something is going to be done and we're going to see Kaylee, whether you want us to or not, because we need to know that she is safe. We need to lay eyes on her and know that she's safe. As soon as that is thrown out, Casey comes up with this story that Zanny the nanny kidnapped Kaylee 31 days ago and will not give her back. What do you mean? Your child was taken by the babysitter 31 days ago and you're just now telling people about it? Are you kidding me? So at this point, the second, not the second, the third 911 call is... So now is where Casey Anthony's lies start being picked apart and become very apparent. Because... These investigators are good. And you really don't even have to be that good to figure out that Casey is a liar. But these investigators are really, really, really good. So they made sure that they proved that she was a liar. Okay? So... That night, the 15th... Uh... The police come, of course, because the second 911 call is one out and it's talked about, like, we have a missing child. So, all of a sudden, the priority of the call jumps from very low to very high. And the police show up, you know, within a few minutes. And Casey gives them this crazy story about the nanny has kidnapped my baby. All right. The police say, if that is true... Take us to the apartment that you last saw her at. That way we have somewhere we can start. Casey leads them to a vacant apartment. No one has lived in this apartment since February. But yet, this is where you dropped Kaylee off? At an empty apartment? Come on. Casey's brother, Lee, goes and gets her belongings at Tony Lazaro's, uh, and the police go and pick up her phone from Tony Lazaro's. That way, you know, because she claimed she had Zanny the Nanny's contact information in her phone. So they went and got her her phone so that she could contact Zanny the Nanny. So, at some point between the 15th and 16th, in the middle of the night, a police officer takes Casey Anthony for a walk in the neighborhood and says, You know, hey, is this just a domestic thing? Do you just not want your parents to see your baby for some reason? Like, can you just let me know that she is safe? Can I, can you and I go and see her? And then I can relay to them. Yes, she is safe. However, the mother does not want you to see her, which is her right. She does not have to let you see her. And Casey is very adamant. Very, very, very adamant. No, that's not what's happening here. My baby has been kidnapped. So then they start to work this kidnapping angle, right? So, they're looking for Zenaida Fernandez-Gonzalez. They're looking for Zenaida's family. They're looking for anything that they can find about this babysitter. And they find nothing. The places that Casey says the family lives are either empty or have never heard of Casey or Zenaida or any of that kind of stuff. Finally, like I said in the beginning, the detectives are catching on to her lies and they say, you need to take us to Universal. And like I said before, she's waving at people. She's like completely acting like she belongs there and she doesn't work there. She tells police that she works at Universal and that she's even told her co-workers about the situation and her coworkers know that the babysitter has kept Kaylee. But her coworkers don't even work at Universal. They never have. The only person, other than Casey, whose ties to Universal are very flimsy, she worked at Universal for a, another company that took pictures as soon as you walked through the door, and she was there less than a year. The only other person who did have a connection to Universal is Jeffrey Hopkins, but they didn't even work there at the same time. So, once they realized that, you know, Casey's a liar... They seize Casey's car. In Casey's car, let's go ahead and go into detail about the trunk, other than the garbage that we've talked about so far. In Casey's trunk of her car, there is a stain that is roughly the size of a child. Parts of this stain... Are lifted. Taken out of the car. And tested. The air in the trunk. Is tested. The hairs that are found in the trunk. Are tested. And. Just one more time. Let's reiterate. The trunk smells like a dead body. Okay. The trunk smells like a dead body. So. Even with that smell aside, the air samples that come back from the lab are positive for particles of decomposition. But there is another particle that is found, and it's found in thousands of times the amount that you would find in the decomposition of anyone much less a two-year, ten-month-year-old child. And that particle that was found was chloroform. Chloroform can be used to knock people unconscious. In high enough doses, it can kill you. So, you know, we'll leave that for just a moment. And we'll come, we will come back to the chloroform later. Let's talk about the hair that was found in the trunk. So a couple of pieces of hair were not very suspicious. You know, you open the trunk to get groceries out. You know, I as a little kid definitely jumped up in the trunk a couple of times with playing in the trunk of my parents' car while they were doing stuff around the car. So, you know, finding Kaylee's hair in the trunk isn't that suspicious in it of itself. However, when you find Kaylee's hair in the trunk with a decomposition band at the root, that's very suspicious. Why is her hair in the trunk that has obvious signs of decomposition? Why does the hair show signs of decomposition anyway? Where is Kaylee Anthony? Because remember, at this point, we still don't know where Kaylee Anthony is. We haven't found her body. All we know is that her mom is leading the police on a wild goose chase and not being honest at all. So now we're going to talk about the cadaver dogs. So a cadaver dog was brought in right? And when he was brought in, he definitely, you know, showed signs that he detected decomposition and he alerted at the trunk of the car. That same cadaver dog was brought to the residence and alerted inside or around Kaylee Anthony's playhouse. Three Other dogs were brought to the residence. Three. So this is three to four different dogs who don't have interaction with each other are brought on different days at different times. Every single dog alerted to the area at the playhouse. So remember I told you that we were gonna talk more about the chloroform and we're gonna do that now. So the way that chloroform comes up again in this case is through the internet searches that were found on the Anthony's home computer. On March the 17th, between 143 and 158, the following internet searches were made. Chloroform, alcohol, Acetone. How to make chloroform. Self-defense. Household weapons. Neck breaking. Shovel. Inhalation. Chloroform. Alcohol. Acetone. Peroxide. Death. Then on March the twenty-first, between two sixteen and two twenty-eight. The following searches were made. Shovel. Making household weapons. Chloroform habit. Chloroform. Chloroform with a different spelling. How to make chloroform. So this shows a level of premeditation to Kaylee's death at this point because chloroform is found in extremely high amounts in and around the trunk of the car and there is no reason for that much chloroform to be found anywhere near a decomposing body yes the body makes chloroform when it decomposes that's a scientific fact but it's not going to make it in the amounts that it was found in the trunk of the car it's just that simple so now at this point we have Casey Anthony is in jail for making false, you know, statements to the police and under the and for the suspicion of her kid's murder and disappearance. And months roll by. Months. And finally, on December the 11th of 2008, a road crew calls dispatch saying that they have found a human skull that human skull belonged to Kaylee Anthony. Something weird about her skull really stood out to the famous Dr. G medical examiner, who is the one who did the examination of Kaylee's skeletal remains. The mandible, Was held on to the skull. The jaw was still stuck to the skull. If you don't know this. I will go ahead and tell you. When you die. And when you decompose. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Holds your jaw to your skull. That's you know. Held on with with ligaments. And and all all that jazz. But when they found Kaylee's skull. Her teeth which were baby teeth that don't have root systems, were still intact and the bottom of her her jaw was still stuck to the top of her skull, obviously, as I've said a bunch of times now. So that leads investigators to believe that the three pieces of duct tape that were found on Kaylee Anthony's face were put on prior to decomposition. Let's talk a little bit about this duct tape. The duct tape was placed on her face and in the way that it was placed it would have covered her nose and her mouth making breathing impossible. The duct tape was also stuck into her hair which tells investigators that When it went on, there was no plan of taking it off at all because the way it was just kind of stuck on there. And I don't think anybody ever planned to remove it. So the same duct tape from her mouth was found on a gas can, the same one that Casey had stolen, and was found to be used to hang up missing posters for Kaylee. The lab matched the tape, said that they are from the same roll made at the same time. Kaylee was found in a laundry bag. Well, the remnants of a laundry bag were found, and the matching bag was found in the Anthony's home. Casey had exclusive access to these items, and all the evidence points to her involvement. However, she... Was not convicted. And I think I know why. All you have to do. For a jury. To not convict someone. Is to plant seeds of reasonable doubt. If they. Cannot believe. Without a shadow of a doubt. That that person committed that crime. They can't convict them. Because you have to be sure. So once all of this evidence had been presented in the opening arguments, Casey's lawyer pulls the rug out from under the state prosecution completely and says, Kaylee Anthony died when she drowned in her family's swimming pool on June the 16th. And that George Anthony is the one who disposed of her body Here's my problem with that theory, okay? George Anthony used to work for the Ohio Sheriff's Department. I'm not sure which county, but he did. He was in law enforcement. Don't you think somebody who was in law enforcement, who was disposing of a body, would do it better than just throwing it 20 feet off of the road like it's common garbage? It just doesn't sit right with me. I don't think there's a shred of evidence that supports that theory. I think the only reason the lawyer told that story was to plant that seed. I think the lawyer reiterating that Kaylee had drowned, supposedly, throughout the entire trial, was to keep that seed planted and to nourish it. And once that seed sprouted, there was his reasonable doubt. What do you think happened to Kaylee Anthony? I would love to hear your theories on either my regular Facebook page, Mama Kirby's Murder Mysteries, or I would like to hear extended versions of your theories in the private Facebook group, Mama Kirby's Murder Mysteries fan talk. My theory of what happened to Kaylee Anthony is that her mother no longer wanted to be a mother. When this happened, she decided that Kaylee had to go. And in order for her not to look like a bad person, Kaylee had to just disappear. I believe that Her mother gave her a very high dose of chloroform and then, in order to be sure that Kaylee was gone, she covered her mouth and nose with duct tape, making breathing impossible. I believe the day that her mother borrowed a shovel from the neighbor, that Kaylee's remains were buried in and around her playhouse in the backyard. I also believe that her mother came back at some point and removed her body and moved her away from the Anthony home. It is a really horrible thing to think that a mother could do that to their child. But as I've said before, and you will hear me say many, 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 many times, I know how ugly human nature can get, and how quickly it can happen. A lot can happen in 30 seconds. You've been listening to Mama Kirby's Murder Mysteries, Episode 2, Kaylee Anthony. Thank you.